0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Build Your Team show. I am your host, team, and I have with me today, my friend, Tori Barker. And Tori is here to talk to us about how she has worked with teams in her company. Now, and as always, Build Your Team is brought to you by Client Attraction Pros. Hey, it's time that you become the thought leader of your industry. And we're going to help you do that and make it fast easy and fun. Tori, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Atiba. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and share some fun stories.
0: Well, now, I'm glad you said that because I think the thing that everybody needs to know is you and I met at this point about eight, nine months ago. And we've had several conversations since, and we both end up laughing and just having a great time, no matter what we're talking about. So I'm expecting that okay. we're going to have some fun today.
1: Heck yeah, let's bring up the energy, right? Let's do this.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. So first thing, I want to take you all the way back, all the way back to when you hired, whether it's for your company or if you're working for someone else, but you hired someone for the first time. You brought somebody in for the first time and I want you to share with us, what was that like? What were some of the emotions you were going through? Some of the thoughts you were having, especially what were some of the fears that you were having at that time? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, as an entrepreneur, building your business is quite the journey, right? And so when you start out, this is your baby, especially when you start out on your own as a solopreneur. And so the first time I brought somebody in to my company to help me was just with one specific task, right? And that's usually where people start. Like, Mm -hmm. let's just start with one thing that I can outsource take something off my plate so I can focus on something else. And so for me, there was a lot of fear, right? How do I release control over something that I've built and that is customer facing, right? So I'm gonna put this person in charge of talking to, you know, my clients that I have spent years, months, hours of trying to nurture them to get them as clients. So there was a lot of fear and trust, right? So you have to have trust with this person. And so I went the route of a virtual assistant because for me it wasn't the ideal situation to hire somebody on as a full-time employee or a part-time employee. So I went the route of a virtual assistant. So that brings in another layer of trust, right? Because you're talking to somebody who may not even be in your same city and you only communicate via Zoom or text or chat or email. And so for me, what I had to do was a lot of face to face, right? Like, let's have conversations and get to know one another, not even just on the business level, but on a personal level. Because I think for me, bringing somebody in who's aligned with core values tells me a lot about a person, even more so than a skill set. Because I can teach somebody a skill set, but if they don't have the right core values or the right personality, then it's a totally different situation that you don't want to get into.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I love that. I love what you said that, you know, it was one specific task. And we talk a lot about that here on the show of, you know, when you're hiring that first person and know what you want them to do, right? Like be super clear. And when you can't get much more super clear than, hey, this is the one specific task. But the thing that you did, which kudos to you because so many business owners would be terrified to do this. The first person I hire, the one specific task ends up being client facing. So many business owners, that's the last thing that they let go of because like you said, there's all of this time and nurture that you spent and heck, that's the money. Absolutely. (laughs) That's the money, (laughs) right? And so Well, and
1: I didn't just hand it over, right? It was like a gradual mm-hmm. progression. At least that was my approach. It's like, let's do this in tandem, right? We communicate together. We jump on calls together. And then once I get to the point where I feel like, okay, you really understand the value that i have in my clients and the value in our service in the company then i feel comfortable for you to communicate with the client without me being there so i don't have to hold your hand which is the ideal situation because then the owner is able to move on and do other projects right so right. you're not micromanaging which is not what you want to do in a leadership business role you want to be able to have employees or contractors or whoever you have on your team be able to be autonomous you know and be able to take the the tasks that you give them and they can execute them and follow through and we all grow for being able to do it together
0: yeah no absolutely now i'm sure someone's listening to this and listening to us right now and said okay i still don't know if i have the courage to hire someone to be client-facing, even if I'm hand-holding, walking them through, which is great, right? Teaching along the way, the process. Yeah. And so share with us, because I'm sure there were some times that it didn't go well. sometimes where <laughs> something was said that shouldn't have been said, an email sent that shouldn't yeah. have been sent, or not sent that should have been sent. Tell us about some of those moments and how you dealt with them.
1: Well, and I'm sure I'll tell you about how I dealt with them, but I'm sure I'm not perfect and probably didn't have the right approach. But when something like that happens, you know, in my case, it was like either a typo or some sort of incorrect information that was put out on behalf of the client. And so for me, I stepped in, right? And I took the responsibility and I was like, you know what? I'm so sorry that this mistake was happened and let us remedy this. Let's make the correction. And then once we focused and dealt with the client, then I go back to the team member and I say, hey, you know, this is the situation, you know, do you understand that there was an error made? Yes, I'm so sorry, it won't happen again. I'm like, you know what, everybody makes mistakes. What? I make mistakes. So let's just be aware of the situation and let's just, you know, try not to have this happen again, right? Proofread, let's do whatever steps we need to in order to make sure that these mistakes don't happen. Because I believe, you know, everybody makes mistakes and we're not perfect, we're all human. And so for me, it's making sure that the client knows that they're taken care of, that we have their best interests at hand, we're gonna take care of them. And then using it as a teaching tool for the team member that I have and being able to help and coach them to become better and rise to the occasion.
0: So you're saying you didn't just fire them?
1: No, (laughs) no, because you can't, I mean, everybody's human, everybody makes mistakes, unless it's like a colossal, colossal mistake, then, you know, I think you have to have some grace with the people that you work with, because there's different dynamics, and like I said, I make mistakes too, it's not like anybody's perfect, so unless you, you got to own it, and then you got to fix it, and then you got to, you know, improve from there, and so that's, the approach that I take.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, and obviously, I asked the question in jest, right, about firing them. But I think for a lot of business owners, that becomes the fear is mm-hmm. so let's say I do this, they come in, they make a mistake, I have to fire them, then it goes right back onto my plate. So mm. why go through all of that? But where you were there is so crucial of recognizing that, number one, People do make mistakes, right? And number two, and I I wanna pose this to you and see where you land with it and how you feel about this. I learned this from Jack Welch way, way, way back in the day, reading Jack Welch books and that type of thing and what he was doing at GE. And I think it was someone from Japan who came up with a statistic that Jack Welch then used to build Six Sigma and yada, but it basically said that, I think it's something like 90% of workplace failure are due to poor systems, not poor people. Mm. How does that resonate with you?
1: Yeah, for me, the first thing that comes to mind is communication, right? So at some point, there is a breakdown in communication. And it's integral in the world that we're in now because everything is, one, fast and virtual right so we Mm -hmm. have different levels of communication because we're not in person anymore like the traditional everybody's in an office cubicle next to cubicle or within the Mm -hmm. same space and you can you know pop over and talk to somebody from there but we're dealing with different dynamics where we're in different states we're in different time zones where we're using multiple platforms and so you have to really be clear with the expectation and the communication, especially as a leader and an owner of a company, when you're disseminating projects down to your team for them to execute at the highest level. So unless you give them a clear definition or clear direction, or clear communication, there's a potential for error to happen, and that's not the fault of the team member, right, or the employee, because they didn't have all the information, or they, you know, you forgot to tell them the one little detail, and that's where the mistake happened, so it's all about communication. Over-communicate is my rule of thumb. I'd rather over-communicate than under-communicate, because You always, I'd rather have more information than not enough. So what I do with all the extra stuff is (laughs) you just throw it in the bank of knowledge, right? But then you have all the core information that you need to make the right decisions and do the work in the right way. So,
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I want to loop back to leadership communication core values, because you started talking about core values a while ago. But before we get back to core values, I want to just spend a little bit of time there in, in communication and talk about You know, you said over communicate, but now do you have particular systems of how you over communicate? like, so for us, we do who, what, when, where, why, how? Yeah, I think that's all of them. Who, what, when, where, why, and how, right? And if you have a task, you have a project that needs to be spelled out. And if it isn't, it's your role to go back and ask for what's missing. If someone forgot to give it to you. But don't start unless those things are spelled out. Yeah. Please. What systems do you use?
1: So, we, so a lot of my background was managing projects, right? Mm. And so I had to work with different departments in the corporate space. And so I was used to having to kind of break down and parse this information for each of the departments that I was working with. So I wanted to implement that into my business. And so I use Airtable as my project management tool. Okay. And so that allows us to have different checkpoints right so we can have we have a client detail sheet basically we have information about like you said who what when where you know who's the client what do they do where are they located where are we doing the marketing for them, you know, whatever those details are. So that's kind of our initial intake because usually a lot of the time I'm the front person, right? I'm the first person of contact. And so I have to take all the information either that I've just learned or that I've learned over time because they're a friend or past client of mine. And I have to intake, you know, take that information and put it into the system. And then we go to the next level of, okay, what's each project that we're doing. And so we do a similar again, who, what, when, where, why and, you know, making sure that we have all of that information in our project management tool, everybody is communicated with, and then we have weekly meetings, right? So we have a Zoom call, we go over, you know, these are the projects that we're working on, any questions, or we'll have a specific kickoff type call, right? Like, hey, I'm handing this project over to you, so let's jump on a call, let me download all this information, we're going to document it, and then you're going to, you know, take it and run with it. So, That's my process. And so far it's been a pretty good process. And I think it's just a matter of making sure we check all the boxes (laughs) and don't miss any steps.
0: I think that's the key, right? Is you have the process. And so many of us don't do that. We don't put a process in place. We just kinda hope that it's gonna happen and hope that things are going to, but it isn't that the process has to be perfect, but the process has to work. And when you find an imperfection, then you address that and you fix it, right? And I'm hoping that's what you guys are hearing from Tori today as she's talking about this is that you've got to have processes. And we talk a lot about that, SOPs and processes. You've got to have great yeah. processes so that your people can work. So that leads to a bit, well, let's actually, let's go back and deal with a culture question. Like I said, we were going to talk about. Let's talk about culture, right? And core values right? Because you started and I preach all the time, hire for fit first, which means hire someone who's going to fit into your core values first, right? Absolutely. How do you accomplish that?
1: well i have my set core values i won't name all of them but the majority we're talking trust right trust Mm -hmm. communication integrity and so when i meet a person and have communications with them have conversations those are the things that i'm looking for you know are they able to communicate with me efficiently and they're not afraid to speak up right can Mm -hmm. i trust them do they trust me And integrity, right? So do they value the work that they're doing? Do they? they wanna do the best that they can. And so if I see those characteristics in a person, and sometimes I have to go off a gut feeling too, because we're in a virtual setting and you only get 30 minutes or an hour or whatever to have this conversation. So you have to really kind of use your gut and your intuition as a business owner. And luckily I've been successful with the team members that I've brought on and meeting the core values that I do have and really aligning us through that. So. That's really the approach that I take.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so glad that she mentioned the gut, right? I was sharing with someone just yesterday, matter of fact, that as a leader, so often we have to make decisions with 20 to 60% of the total information available. And we have, but we have to make the decision. We can't wait till we have everything. And that's where gut yeah. starts to come in. Right yep. now. That scares a lot of people. That scares a lot of people listening to us right now because it's, oh my gosh, how do I trust my gut? So I wanna not answer that question, okay? Cause the only way you trust your gut is to by just do it. <laughs> like you just gotta do yeah. it, right? But what happens yep. when your yep. gut was wrong? Have you had that hire that you hired off of gut thinking that they fit the core values, they come in and they don't fit the core values. Right. How do you deal with that?
1: Oh, it's a sickening feeling.
0: (laughs) And that's real talk (laughs) honest.
1: Yeah, it's a sickening feeling. It is. And for me, I mean, to be honest, it's like I look at myself like, oh, how could I have missed this? Or what could I have done differently to have recognized this earlier on? And, you know, sometimes it's just, It is what it is. You can't see through everything, like you said. If we have only 20 to 60 percent of the information that we need to make the best decision, you know, we're doing the best that we can with the information that we have. And especially in a virtual setting, when we're not, you know, working side by side, that makes the process a lot longer of identifying these characteristics right so when you're only working a couple hours a day with each other in a virtual setting it's hard to pick up on these nuances that may have triggered an earlier recognition recognition of these things yeah right so you know it's a sickening feeling but you have to kind of own it especially as a business owner and i use it as a learning tool, right? So what did I learn from that situation with that person or what were those red flags as I reflect back so they don't make the mistakes again moving forward? That's really what, you know, you have to do. I think that's only the best approach that you can do because otherwise then what's the point, right? You just not failed, but you know, made a mistake and you're not learning from it, then what's the point? So for me, it was like, let's reflect, let's see what we can do different. don't, you know, take a moment to like, (laughs) and then move on.
0: (laughs) Okay, so that gives, which is great because so many people don't look at that side of the story, right? Most business owners, when that happens, they focus so much on the person that they hired and they forget to look at themselves and do the self-evaluation and the self-learning and the self-growth to be better next time. So number one, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that and reminding us that that is the important side, right? Otherwise you're just gonna repeat the same darn thing all over again. But now let's talk about the actual staff person. What do you do with them? So I'm gonna give a couple options and maybe you have different ones as well. You know, you realize they don't fit core values. Do you Mm -hmm. get rid of them right away? Like as soon as you find out, do you put some process in place to, to say, hey, You don't meet our core values. We want you to be more like this. Here's some time to figure it out. Or do you do something in the middle or different?
1: Uh, Well, I think it depends on the severity of how far off they are from the core values. But specifically for me, (laughs) I know, right? We got extremes here. I don't know. (laughs) but So there is something... (laughs) There's something that I learned and I didn't really understand it until I was in the role that I'm in now. And somebody once told me that you hire slow and you fire fast. And so I had that in the back of my mind. And so when the situation happened for me with the specific team member, it was the moment of, okay. (laughs) <laughs> what are we going to do? Let's take a look at the situation. And ultimately it was like, hey, let's jump on a call. I gave them the opportunity to kind of uh, recognize that there was something that was wrong. So if that window was in, you know, regret, sorry, you know, I did the wrong thing, then I was willing to give them a second chance. But in my situation, it was like, oh, well, it is what it is. And so I was like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to let you go. Because ultimately for me, it's my business, my name, my reputation. And this person behind the scenes is never gonna be really known to anyone else other than what they've done. Right. And right. so for me, it's a matter of taking care of myself, my business, my family ultimately, because my right. business, you know, is Support. fueling my family. Yes. Yeah. And so so yeah, I, you know, hire slow and fire fast when it's necessary.
0: Yes, and I think obviously the when it's necessary is an important component in all of this, right? And to take where you said a little bit further and what I heard from you was, hey, if people are gonna make mistakes and that's usually when you realize there's a mismatch in core values, when there was a mistake, right? And in that time, it's to determine, was it a mistake that was an oversight, something that that is correctable, that they can really feel and see and say, oh yeah, that's not where we should be. Let me correct and get over here. Or on the flip side, it's just who I am. Right. Right. I'm gonna share a story with you. We, one of our core values is relationships over everything. We talk very much about the nature of relationships. Okay and prioritizing relationships over everything else, right? Mm -hmm. And we hired a young lady who was great working with me. She was supposed to work directly with me. She was great working with me. She produced fantastic, I mean, Tori, you know, the work we do, fantastic work and in record time, right? It was awesome. I was so excited, but. When there was, when she had to work on a team with other people, Mm. she would skip the meetings. Mm. And she would just say, I'll just catch the replay.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, ouch. Right?
0: Because (laughs) she had no respect for them whatsoever. And so at that point, we were, you don't fit. Yeah. because you, how
1: good the work is that you do
0: you don't respect or care about relationships yeah
1: yeah absolutely i think that brings up another point is that dynamic between team members right so we talk about kind of the individual you know person with the owner or business leader, but how do they work with the rest of the team? Yeah. And so that's something that I look for too, especially, you know, we do these weekly or monthly calls and we bring everybody together. And so I sit back and I watch mm-hmm. the dynamics between each person because that shows you a different character set versus the one-on-one that you're having with that person if they can work with a team member and they can collaborate they can take you know criticism whatever it might be that's going to tell you so much more about that person as a core than yeah. anything else
0: i mean i totally agree with you 100 percent agree with you and we've taken it even further we now are soft measuring Because we haven't figured out a hard way to measure this yet, but we're soft measuring their relationships even outside of work yeah. and their interaction outside of work, right? We have one team member, for example, who we just learned this weekend, like, so this is brand new. We just learned that she has become the go-to expert on how to move. And so anyone in the company who's moving calls her for advice. Huh completely unexpected and nothing to do with our business.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And for me, I didn't even think about this, but it's kind of a natural thing for me is that when I bring somebody onto my team, I connect with them on social media Mm -hmm. because when we're not connected, you know, on the business side of things, if I'm connecting with them on the social side of things, I still see their personality come through. I see, you know, the types of posts that they're putting out. Not that I'm, you know, monitoring or checking them or anything like some big brother kind of thing but it's just like i want to get to know them as a person right because like you said relationships come first and if i can build a rapport and on a personal level with somebody then i think that i get to know them better and then we work better together because we have that level of connection that's you know just a little bit deeper than any business connection that you can have and so for me connecting with them on social and communicating with them outside of work you know i care about my employees and my team as people not just as the employee so if they have a family if they're you know doing something whatever charity work i want to know about it because yeah. that tells me so much more about who they
0: are yes and it adds to the culture right? As Mm -hmm. the understanding. And so let's, you know, you mentioned big brother there. And it's funny (laughs) because we've actually talked about this. And I believe, and I'm curious where you are. I believe that it's a personal preference within a business of how this happens. Okay. So for example, if, well, let's just go all the way there. How big brother should you be (laughs) with your staff? So there's the, I am lurking and on following you but using fake accounts on every channel and spying and going back years and looking at your trends and your patterns and to get to know you versus the another level where you kind of are of hey let's be friends on social and let's you know comment on my post i comment on your post i like your kids picture you know that type of thing and then there's all the way down of I'm not on social, so why would a heck would I want to be following you on social? And what you do outside of here doesn't matter to here. Mm. So, yeah. what type of advice would you give another business owner looking to hire for where they should fit (laughs) or how to figure out where they should fit? Then, Yeah, how to figure out where they should fit on that continuum.
1: So I would first say, don't be fake. Don't be creating a fake account just to kind of secretly get to know this person, right? That's bad. No, (laughs) you need to come from a place of being genuine, right? Mm. So if you are a genuine person and you genuinely want to get to know them and connect with them, then I think it's completely appropriate. I don't think that you need, well, okay. So then let's go back to the point. If you don't have social media, don't just specifically create an account so that you can connect with them. Find another method of how you communicate and connect with them that matches your relationship. But if you are on social, like most of us are, I think you need to reach out to them because a lot of times people say, I hear this all the time, it's like my work life and my personal life are completely separate. Mm -hmm. And for me, I don't think that's true because you are who you are through and through right? So you shouldn't be coming to work as one person and going home to your family and doing things on the family as a totally different person. So you shouldn't have anything to hide, right? And I'm genuinely wanting to get to know you as an owner, a friend, so that we can connect with each other and learn and grow together. That's the genuine approach. So don't be fake. Don't create a secret account to stalk on people and don't just do it to do it. You know, meet them where you're at. It's like customers. Like, how do you meet your customers where they are? Like, find that medium of where you and your team can meet. And that's the situation that you put together.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely very well said, uh, but it does lead to another question, which is okay. So let's say we connect and I'm authentic and I <laughs> realize they're not. Okay. So <clears throat> let me give you a perfect example of this, a perfect example of this. It was years ago, actually like 10 years ago or so now had a retail store in a mall. Okay. And it was a type of store that only one person manned at a time. And was following an employee on social media and vice versa, what have you, and saw that they put up a post that clearly showed that they were not in the store during their shift. And the caption was something along the lines of, Sitting here chilling while I'm supposed to be at work because I can.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Interesting. So, how does your what you put then, if you're going to have that relationship with them on social, how does their social affect the work? Or should it? Mm.
1: Well, <clears throat> in that situation, that's a. <laughs> Oh, that's a situation I don't want to be in. (laughs) Let's just start there. But that's a situation where it's like, yeah, it's direct disrespect, right? So I have asked you to be in the store working at this time to this time, and you're blatantly disrespecting me. And now you're toting about it, right? You're posting on social media that you can do whatever you want. So my first step is obviously you have to have a communication. You have to have a conversation with this person. Like, hey, (laughs) not cool. (laughs) And first of all, you know, where do you think that you get the opportunity to you know, just do what you want? This is not that Mm -hmm. situation. So you have to have that conversation for sure. And in that situation, I don't even know how much of a grace period or opportunity for second chance you give somebody like that. Because I've also heard And I've used this throughout my life. People have told me, and it's true. If somebody shows you who you are, believe them the first time. Yep. So people show their character. And so you need to be responsible enough to see it and to recognize it and to believe it because who they are once and twice is always gonna be the same.
0: Yeah, no, it's a great point. And then she was fired on spot and it sucked because then I had to fill in her shift. And I was on my way somewhere else when I saw that, but either way, this was many years ago, but it just brings up that question though. And I get it, for all of us as business owners, there is no right answer to some of these because obviously that's a blatant one, okay? But, you know, now you've got somebody out and they're doing something that is questionable, Mm -hmm. but it's their life and, you know, I get it. And on a case-by-case basis, you have to decide for your company, what's right. Yep. And you have to Like you said, there's
1: no right or wrong answer, right? There's no right or wrong answer. It goes back to your gut, to your intuition and what is okay for you? Because what's okay for me may not be okay for you. And so you have to decide as that business owner, where you stand in that decision. Yeah. And make that decision. Don't be wishy-washy.
0: Exactly. Be true
1: to who you are and use that, you know, to make your decisions.
0: So let me ask you this. This may be the last question I asked you here, but let's now, let's add another layer of dimension there. Okay. So part of the reason why that individual was fired on spot was because at the time they were the lowest performing individual on the team. So- When we've had performance review after performance review and try to help you be better, and then this is what we see, then it's yeah, you're done now. Yeah. Would my, and I've never had this happen, so I don't know the honest answer. Would my response had been different if this was my top producer and they did this because they have an online personality. (laughs) Would I have been different? I don't know.
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. Because, like, go back to the situation that you brought up earlier, that Mm -hmm. somebody who was phenomenal at their work and did, you know, everything great, but then in the team and relationship dynamic, they didn't perform. So for me, it's kind of, it doesn't matter, right? It still goes back to those core values. And if the person even, you know, top performing, lowest performing, whatever in between, if there's a blatant disrespect or something of that matter, then it doesn't matter. It just, it is what it is. The decision has to be made.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's a really great point. And I hope that what you guys are hearing here is it's gonna be messy. And there's no way hiring people is not messy, but the upsides are so much greater. But it starts with you really understanding the role that you want to hire for, having a process, a system that this person is m- coming into and you being clear about what your values are and how someone aligns with them and making sure that you're hiring people who align well with them. I think, Tori, you, those are the pillars of this channel and you've done a fantastic job <laughs> today of actually just kind of highlighting those without even, being asked to, so I appreciate that, number one. (laughs) Number two, we didn't get a chance really to talk about what it is you actually do. So do me a favor, tell everybody who you are, what you do and what's the best way they can reach you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, it's been fun having this conversation. I love, you know, being able to share some insight and help somebody who may be just a step or two behind me so that we can all rise above together. So thank you for giving me the platform to do that. A little bit about me, so I own a digital marketing agency and I do marketing consulting for business owners where I help them, you know, build roadmaps for their marketing plans and help them with the implementation side of the marketing that they need to Mm -hmm. grow their business. I'm also a podcast host. I am the host of Creative Visionaries. And so that gives me the opportunity to network and meet new people and share success stories, just like, you know, Atiba does with all the guests that you bring on. And yeah, I mean, for me, the best place to reach out to me is on LinkedIn. You can find me under my name, Tori Barker. And I have this really cool quiz that I've put together for any business owners out there who want to see where their marketing plan is successful and where they may have some pitfalls that they need to work on. So if you want to learn more about that and take that free quiz, you can visit visionary and you'll get a free quiz and kind of give you a little diagnostics of, you know, where your strengths and weaknesses are. And would love for you to take the quiz.
0: That's awesome. Y'all Y'all heard it. Go take that quiz. Visionary Marketing. Say it again. Actually, I'm a regroup. Yep. I had it and then I lost it. <laughs> say, say it again.
1: Visionarymarketingquiz.com.
0: Okay. The word I forgot was quiz. Come on, Atiba. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Y'all heard it. Go take that quiz. VisionaryMarketingQuiz.com. It's free, y'all. You get an assessment of where your marketing plan is today. Hey, I don't know about you, but there are always parts of our businesses that we're not sure what should be going on. And if marketing is one of those, this quiz will help you at least get an idea of what you're doing well and where you might need some help. Tori Tori, thank you. Yeah,
1: thank you, Ativa. It's always fun
0: talking to you. Yes, the pleasure was all mine, and we will be doing it again soon, I'm sure. And everybody, y'all have a great day. Tori, thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks,
1: guys.